What is going on, everybody? My name is Troy LaValle, and I want to welcome you to the first ever recording of the upcoming Pathfinder playtest, which is set to come out at Gen Con later this year. This is it. This is the long-awaited beta test of the second edition of the game that we all know and love. It's Pathfinder 2.0, and it is, in a word, awesome. But first, I should probably introduce myself, in case you're listening to this and you're like, what, what the hell is the Glass Cannon Podcast? Who is Troy LaValle? What am I doing here? What year is it? Who's the president? Ronald Reagan? The actor? I am one of the creators of the Glass Cannon Podcast. We launched our show in June of 2015 as an actual play podcast of the Paizo Pathfinder Adventure Path, Giant Slayer. When we started out, our initial goal was really just to create an actual play podcast that would hopefully stand out in a sea of actual plays. Flash forward two years later to 2017, and we made enough noise that Paizo eventually took notice, and we signed a licensing deal with them to become the first official Pathfinder podcast. Now we have a Ruins of Aslant show exclusively on our Patreon, and we're launching another weekly show playing the new Starfinder Dead Suns adventure path this April. But let's talk about why we're here today. Jason Bullman, the director of game design at Paizo, one of the creators of the Pathfinder system and the mastermind behind the Pathfinder playtest, came out to New York with Eric Mona, the publisher and chief creative officer of Paizo, to sit down with the Glass Cannon Network crew and play through Jason's module, Crypt of the Everflame, that he was going to convert to Pathfinder playtest rules on the fly, while Eric and the five of us played our own, like, personalized, updated versions of the Pathfinder Iconics. We had a solid briefing the night before on all of the new and exciting changes to the game, and then we just dove right in to give this bad boy a test run, and this is what you're about to listen to. I could go on ad nauseum about how much fun we had doing this and how pumped we are for second edition, but I'm just going to let you be the judge for yourself. So please sit back and enjoy part one of Jason Bullman, Eric Mona, and the Glass Cannon Network crew playing the Pathfinder playtest. Welcome, everyone, to the first uh, playtest of the second edition of the Pathfinder role-playing game. Oh, oh, yeah. oh my goodness! I was Wait. wondering why we were here. Wait, what? <laughs> I just kidnapped you, and you've arrived, and you're like, what's going on? Oh, no. It all adds up now. This Can we game... take the bags off our head yet? <laughs> <laughs> this game has never been playtested at all? <laughs> well, uh, to, to be fair, we have playtested it a great deal inside of the Paizo uh, offices, but this is our first time playtesting it. Uh, outside of those hallowed halls, mm. and we have come here to the Glass Cannon Podcast Studio to play the first ever playtest of the Pathfinder role-playing game. Yeah. Second <laughs> edition. <laughs> wow. Yes. Woo! Woo! Oh. Oh, poor choice. I, uh, <laughs> I, I believe we've made a mistake. What a yeah. monumental blunder on your part. They were going to say, well, we've played it at Paizo, but this is the first time we're playing it with idiots. Yeah. That's right. But <laughs> momentum yes. being after, what it is. After this, I'm going to go get into the land war in Asia. It's going to be great. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, I, I, uh, I'll introduce myself. I'm uh, Jason Bullman. I'm the director of game design uh, at Paizo, and I've been uh, uh, working for over two years on uh, this newest edition of the game, and uh, we've got uh, a lot of great gamers here to, to play this. Uh, you guys, obviously, the people listening to this know, the, know everyone very well, uh, with one exception, so uh, you should probably introduce yourself. Nobody knows me. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm Eric Mona. I am the publisher and chief creative officer at uh, Paizo. Awesome, awesome. Ah. So uh, we're going to be playing uh, 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 a pre-existing adventure here today to give you guys a first look at the game. We wanted to show you uh, this new 
uh, version of the game by showing off what it can do, showing you how uh, it can be used to run existing content. So I'm going to take an old classic module of mine and convert it for these guys on the fly here today. I have done literally next to no prep for this, but I am going to convert Crypt of the Everflame, the first ever module that was produced for Pathfinder 1st Edition, and I'm going to convert it for you guys here on the fly today wow. and run you through it using the second edition rules. Cool. That's excellent. We're very used to our GM doing no prep uh, immediately. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's kind of our thing. That's rude. Oh, I've, <laughs> very rude. Oh, I've listened. I know. Uh, <laughs> Touche. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, my, I, I listen to you guys on the ride into the work in the morning, and my, my carpool companion often notices when my knuckles go white <laughs> as you guys start screwing up the rules. Uh, but no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm not bitter. It's fine. <laughs> Jason, now it's your turn to screw up. That's, yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. This is gonna come back to haunt me like uh, six to eight months from now. Once everyone has the rolls and are right. able to listen to this and be like, "Wow, he screwed that up here and here and here." It's, it won't be as terrible. easy for us so. to do in the moment, but uh, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. So uh, we've started this out by giving each one of you a pre-generated character. Um, I, I've asked you all to uh, create names and backstories for those characters, but I'll hold off for that uh, uh, for just a second here. Um, and I'll ask everyone uh, to introduce themselves and talk a little bit about their characters. Uh, but first, I want to give you guys a bit of a setup. The six of you are young adventurers, growing up in the town and the surrounding woodland uh, around Cassin. It's a small, sleepy village in the northern uh, reach of the Fangwood, on the border between Nirmathos and Lastwall. It's a quiet community, mostly uh, served by river bargemen making their way uh, upriver to the uh, kind of crummy, rundown town of Skelt, mm. uh, making uh, their way down the Torrendel River as they make their way to Lake Incarthen to ports far beyond. It makes Cassin the natural stopover point for those bargemen, and it makes the town... Uh, a relatively decent amount of money as the bargemen come and spend money uh, before making their way. But for you, Cassin is home. It's where you grew up. It's the small, sleepy town where your parents raised you, or depending on your backstory, you, you were orphaned, or, wh- or whatever kind of miscreants you are. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, but as a, as a young youth in the town of Cassin, you always knew this day would come. It's a rite of passage, a tradition. A few years ago, you saw others undertake this ritual, and you always kind of knew in the back of your head that there was going to be a day coming up in the near future where it would happen to you, and that day is now. Each one of you has received a letter, uh, an invitation, uh, probably from someone you trust or know quite well, um, asking you if you would uh, come to the center of town at sunset on... Let's see. On the 4th. The 4th of Neth. This uh, rather formal-looking invitation uh, invites you to pack only what you need, but to be prepared for travel, for you will be leaving promptly after the ritual. So, uh, this adventure actually begins on the 4th of Neth. The uh, six of you have started to arrive, and I'm just going to pick at random which one of you arrives first, (laughs) <laughs> and then we're just going to go around the table as each one of you arrives, because as you arrive, you are the only ones there. The townsfolk are all absent. Curious. Whoa. Mm. Huh. Weird. <laughs> Sorry, it's nothing. Something's gone wrong. <laughs> and we will start 
with you. So I am not in the town of Cast. My name is Matthew Capacaza. I am a member of the Glass Cannon Podcast. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> I'm a playwright and a fiction writer, and I have fallen in with these nerds, and they have turned me to their cause. Uh, today I'll be playing a character named Fariz, and that's with a PH. Uh, Fariz is a male elf. He's, a, he's young, he's strapping, he's svelte, and he's a little bit of a rogue. Oh. <laughs> it's a bit of a rogue. Bit of a rogue. A rogue. <laughs> So I arrive at the, the town. You arrive at the center of town, and it's eerily quiet. So the shops that are normally in the center of town uh, would be open. Uh, it's just after dusk, and many of the taverns and whatnot would still be open, and you could normally hear raucous laughter and drinking and song coming from these places. But tonight it is eerily silent. All the uh, shops are shuttered and closed, their lights turned down. It's almost as if, as if the town is abandoned, and you find yourself here entirely by yourself. Ooh. Until... Uh, so I am, my name is Skid Maher. I coincidentally am also on the Glass Cannon podcast. <laughs> uh, I am a, uh, writer slash film TV producer. Yes. <laughs> as, of, as of about a year ago. And, uh, I am playing a, a, a goblin, male goblin. Uh, he's surprisingly thoughtful and soft-spoken for a, a goblin <laughs> person of the goblin persuasion, and he shows up, and he's quite curious to. I think I know what this voice. I think I know where this voice is going, and I am so excited. Bit, Sorry to interrupt. He's quite curious as to what what's been happening here. It's not. It's a little odd. So, uh, for those of you listening who, uh, who have played Pathfinder and may be a little bit confused as to how we could have a goblin at the table, one of the exciting things about Pathfinder 2nd Edition is that goblins are now a playable race, and Skid oh, yeah. is playing the first goblin. Oh, yeah. oh man, yeah. so awesome. So, right. uh, I'm the Neil Armstrong of goblin that's playing. A, <laughs> that's one small step for goblin. Goblin kind. Goblin kind. <laughs> Skid, everyone around town uh, knows about uh, uh, you and your family yes yeah they've, they've all perished but yes they <laughs> probably know all about my family and me i'm one of them and your name is my name is mamelo blanche <laughs> mamelo mamelo <laughs> all right so uh mamelo enters the, the 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 town square and now the elf and the goblin are kind of eyeing each other up uh and it's still eerily quiet there's still no one else around until Oh, hello. Uh, my name is Troy Lavalley. I am the uh, the GM of the Glass Cannon podcast. I uh, am also the GM of our upcoming Starfinder Dead Sons podcast. I uh, I, I guess I, I'm an actor and a comedian, but now I just play Pathfinder for a living. <laughs> so I don't really know who I am anymore. Uh, there's a running joke on our show that the, the my least favorite combination of race and class is uh, is human fighter, and so the other night, uh, all of us met out at a bar to start talking about uh, this second edition, and we thought it'd be fun to draw uh, race and class out of a hat. And of course, I draw human fighter. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in strolls uh, this uh, strapping young man. He's wearing uh, rust-colored armor, has a 
a pretty uh, badass long sword at his side, a shield on his back. Um, and he's played by a, a young Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Because that's going to be oh, no. fun. Oh, no. <laughs> Just to do that. I'm talking like Marky Mark in the Funky Bunch days, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Underwear oh, model. Oh, great. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, his name is Keith Slashmaster. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll give you a little spoiler. That's not his real last name. Oh, no, you're kidding. <laughs> oh, <go>. really? <laughs> Keep okay. Slashmaster. Well, almost assuring this character will never be an official Pathfinder <laughs> character. Oh, yeah. Wait, is that from the Ustalavin Slashmaster? <laughs> right, yeah. Like, no, no it's just, just a coincidence. <laughs> All right. So the three of you, now almost a small group, are standing, uh, standing in the square. Still, you see none of the townsfolk. None of them seem uh, like they're even on their way. You, you see no one. So weird. <laughs> <laughs> this is so weird. Where is everybody? <laughs> oh, Keith. Keith, hello. I, hello, it's strange. There's no, you're right. There's no, but quite, uh, quite perceptive. There's no people here. There's no many people in this town, and there aren't any. This tiny little goblin. Yeah. <laughs> He's got glasses. Um, um, of course he does. Yeah. He is quite unsettling, yes? No, yes. I know you as well. I, the name escapes me, but... You may tell call me Fariz. Oh, I was going to tell you to wait until I'd figured it out, but thank you. <laughs> as the three of you are sitting there discussing uh, how odd the situation is, you are joined by a fourth. Oh! <gasps> Uh, hi, this is Eric Mona again. Um, in walks, or, or up to the, the area, walks a, uh, a quite young, probably uh, just on the edge of uh, 17, um, the, the far edge of 17, uh, a, a, a very gangly young man. He's got um, sort of unkempt red hair that, that contrasts sharply to his what looked to be fairly recently purchased green robes. Mm. Uh, and uh, he uh, is being played by the very famous actor Zach Ward. Anybody <laughs> Ward. a Zach Ward oh. fan Who's in Zach here? Ward. Zach Ward is probably best known for playing the villain Scut Farkas in The Christmas Story. Oh, oh red with yellow eyes, but 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 the young version, right? He's a young man, right? <laughs> that guy was the worst. Yeah, <laughs> and um, he just kind of strides in, uh, and you guys recognize this guy. Although uh, and now that you're thinking about it, you haven't seen him for several years. But he used to be at the side of the mayor at all times because he, in fact, is the son of the mayor of the town of Castle. Oh, wow! And uh, and his name is Grelin. Uptill, but he comes up to you guys and he says, "Is this a place we're supposed to meet?" <laughs> <laughs> is this a place? I'm um, I'm uh, I'm Grelin the Green, Magister Extraordinaire, <laughs> and is this the adventuring party? Uh, I, uh, I think so. I like your new robes. I haven't seen those on. Oh, yet. every wizard's supposed to have a color in their name, so I chose Grelin the Green. Oh, green, it suits you. I think it was a good choice. Thank you. <laughs> they are most becoming. I'm, I'm a I'm a powerful wizard. What What do you guys do? You're a wizard. Well, <laughs> I've been I've, cool. I've been studying for three years. I'm an apprentice of the of the aged wizard Farnswallow. 
I'm assuming um, Mayor Uptil paid for you to go away oh, yeah. and be someone's apprentice. Yeah, Mayor Uptil yeah. pays for everything. I yeah, do. no, that's wow. what I figured. Yeah. <laughs> the best wizard schools. <laughs> Only the finest for my son <laughs> in a city that isn't here. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, so uh, the, the group of you... Uh, are are still still waiting still nothing it's still it's now grown dark uh, and and still no sign of anyone until uh, my name is Joe O'Brien I'm also on the Glass Cannon podcast and the upcoming Starfinder podcast oh right uh, yes yes we're doing that as well and I knew I'd seen you before <laughs> <laughs> yes yes and I will be playing the uh, a role that I, I am not uh, unfamiliar with the. The human paladin is what I drew out of the hat, but uh, I'm going to try a slightly different take on a paladin of Ioma Day tonight. So this guy, this gentleman walks up. Uh, he looks kind of brooding. He has sort of an angry, uh, angry, irritated look to him. Uh, he kind of uh, stamps over in his like gleaming armor of Ioma Day, uh, and with a kind of a glowering look on his face. He's played by Jack O'Connell. Anybody know Jack O'Connell? Do yeah. you mean Jerry O'Connell? <laughs> yes. I mean, Jerry O'Connell. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean this guy. Anybody? Uh, yeah, he, just, he just did Godless. He just did Godless. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he's British. He's good. He's a good actor. Well, we, I oh. guess we ran out of money in the budget. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he uh, essentially is kind of a ne'er-do-well, son of one of these uh, river barge uh, folk. And growing up for a few years in this town, but kind of as a troublemaker, a little bit of a ne'er-do-well, a bit of a pickpocket and scumbag in general, until one day he pickpockets the wrong old lady. Hmm. And uh, she grabs him by the wrist. The next thing he knows, he's on the ground, a bright white light shining in his face, and he is suddenly struck by the, the very word of Ioma Day, who forces him to change his ways oh. uh, on pain of death and tells him that he must follow her code strictly to the law, and any time he doesn't, he gets uh, really, really awful sharp tooth pain. And so oh, it's, uh, wow. it's a miserable... Miserable existence. So she gave you some sort of dental edict. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So, that's how most religion works, right? That's right. <laughs> Isn't that based on like uh, the, the road to Damascus or it's something? A, Peter on the road to Damascus? Or Saul something? and Paul. Yeah. Saul and Paul, yeah. Something along those lines. Oh, your altar boy days are showing, Joe. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Cover them so, up. Yeah, so, so he, he shows up and he's just kind of like, where is everybody? What's going on here? And what is your character's name? His name is Emmerich Kant. It's a bit of an amateur philosopher as well, but <laughs> we don't have to get into oh, that yet. No, you're Emmerich Kant, correct? Oh, that's right. Yes, no, I remember you. You were the one who were, was browbeaten into changing your entire life's outlook by an old woman several years ago. You know a little too much, Goblin. No, I don't I'm, like it. Well, you did share it with us just now. <laughs> <laughs> was I, I thought I was thinking those thoughts. Is that out loud? I, I, should, I should reveal to you all that I am a rather skilled telepath. <laughs> he immediately has a thought of strangling you to death, and he's like, oh, ouch. <laughs> he grabs the side of his mouth. My incisor. <laughs> By cusp and pain. <laughs> All right, so uh, the five of you are here, and surely that must be it. That there, there, there couldn't be anyone else. This is it's an awful lot of people. The last time they did this, it was only three. But then a sixth person comes striding into the square. And the sixth person is portrayed by Grant Berger. 
one of the stars of the Glass Cannon podcast. You cast yourself as your character? Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. This is Grant Berger. Uh, I work with these guys, video editor for nonprofits. Uh, but you see walking into town uh, someone in Kalish garb, played by Donnie Wahlberg. Oh no! Get out of here! No, no, no! It's played Doug Jones. It's my brother. (laughs) Hey, your bro. It's going to be played by Doug Jones, the Ah. the amphibian man from uh, The Shape of Water, skilled motion capture artist, among many other talents. Yes, (laughs) and uh, he his name is Siferus Severus the Vociferous, (laughs) and he is the voice of the Dawnflower. Um, But he basically, although he is currently living in Kassen, he has Kellish background, and he went back there to train. Uh, He was hoping to kind of become uh, a candy striper, for lack of a better term, to to tend to the sick and do that type of things. But he had a sword thrust in his hand, and the holy symbol put out there and was told to prove himself for the church out there. But he's a bit of a coward. Mm. And he says, Mm. "Where, where is everyone? Are you are you here for the same reason I am? Yes, I. Well, I suspect so. I'm not entirely sure why you're here, but we are all here for the same reason. I received a letter. <laughs> I also got a letter. <laughs> oh, oh, good. I'm glad we're all in the letter club. It is possible I also received a letter. But I expected more people, like a crowd or something. Yes, or at least a town with. A, a, a population. I thought it was going to be a bit of a show. Guess we were wrong. I am a bit disappointed as well. I like a good show. The bells atop the temple of Arastal begin to toll, echoing throughout the tw- quiet town of Cassin. As the peals begin to fade, the first of the townsfolk appear and begin to make their way into the square, dressed in black, as if attending a funeral. They slowly fill the square, moving quietly across the cold, hard ground, their eyes downcast and mournful. After a few moments, a murmur passes through the crowd as it slowly parts to let Mayor Uptil through. He leads the way with a tarnished silver lantern. Behind him, an old pony drags a cart laden with backpacks and supplies. Once he reaches the center of the crowd, Mayor Uptil stops and calls out to the assembled townsfolk, Once again... Winter wind blows through the fangwood, making the end, marking the end of another harvest. There are wolves in the woods, howling at our walls. There are serpents in our shadows, waiting to strike. Just as it was 174 years ago, when Cassin himself left these walls to protect us, so is it today. Where are the heroes? Where are the brave folk that will venture out to Cassin's tomb and retrieve the flame to keep this community safe for another winter. Where are they? They're right in front of you, Dad. Mr. Mayor. <laughs> <laughs> he, he kind of winces when you do that. He's just kind of like, ah, my boy, please step forward. <clears throat> All right, I step forward. Ah, let all the heroes come forth. Come forth. Step forward. Yep. 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 Who among you has the honor to carry this lantern? Who will carry it? He he holds forth this lantern, and it it does look ancient. It looks like it may be from the early days of the town. Uh, And in fact, 
since you grew up here, you know that this relic dates from those days. Uh, it was one of the few lanterns left standing after the attacks on the town uh, back, uh, you know, 150 years ago now, uh, and has been used in this ritual every year. So it's kind of like a sacred town relic, and he's offering it for one of you to carry. Does it look fragile, or is it the type of thing you could hook onto your belt while you travel? Um, it looks like it's been battered quite a bit over the years and repaired more than once. Ah. So uh, you're wagering <laughs> it's, 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 you know, I mean, they hand it to a bunch of kids to take out in the woods. So, yeah. you know, I mean, they're clearly uh, aware that it's going to take some damage. Uh, I'm so. 17. I'd like to be called a young adult. Ah, uh, <laughs> and that you are. That you are, son. <laughs> And uh, you can see a mild look of regret on his face. Uh, <laughs> I've seen it. Is it, uh, yeah. is it lit? Is no. there fire in the lantern? No. In fact, in fact, now that uh, this has come, uh, the memories come flooding back to you of the last time this happened, in which uh, a number of young folk in town left with this battered lantern, and their job is to travel uh, 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 to Cassin's tomb, where the hero of the town is buried. And their job there is to go into the tomb and find the flame of Cassin. Mm. It is an eternal flame above his tomb. Mm. Light the torch, the, the lantern, with that flame and bring it back to town for the winter. Seems and that, simple enough. Yeah. It's an easy task. What could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> is, this, is this the type of thing that happens like every year? Or? It, it actually tends to only happen when there's a, a, a group of young Oh. Uh, people who have all kind of come to age together, and they send them out as kind of a, a passage to, to adulthood. Got it. So uh, Emmerich will look around. It seems that nobody is making a move forward. He'll sort of sigh, step forward, and be like, I think this is something that falls to me, and hold he, out his hand. He hands the lantern to you, and he says, You shall bear this lantern and take it with you to Cassin's tomb, where... The thing I just explained to you is what you shall be forced to do. <laughs> you explained it very thoroughly. I appreciate it. And Marmolo is just clapping. Say, Yay, fire. Just <laughs> <laughs> clapping very softly. <laughs> yes, it's at this point in time that uh, the crowd parts and a man bursts through, panting with breath. It's Tom Exposition. Hey! And he is- <laughs> He missed his chance to explain everything. And he's like, did I miss it? (laughs) (laughs) And and then he leaves. Uh, uh, (laughs) Did I miss it? (laughs) Darn. All right. So uh, you've been handed the lantern. And then uh, the mayor uh, gestures to the cart and he says, take each of you a backpack. It will help you on your journey. Um, and you're able to pick up the backpack and take a look through it real quick. It contains some rations, uh, a water skin, a winter blanket, a tent, uh, and each one of them has some scrap of a map. Oh. Oh. Doesn't look like a complete map; just looks like part of a map. Are they all the same? We all have the same part, or are they all? We can- well, you'll have to compare and find oh. out. Oh. Oh. I have this scrap of a map. Who's the actor that plays your character, Matthew? Oh, it's Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, Oh. I know he's had quite a lot of success with French accents in the past. Yeah, from the Man (laughs) in the Iron Man in the Iron Mask. From the Man in the Iron Mask days. That gem. I figured I'd be uh, I'd be safe. Well, that's that's where the budget went. That's where the budget (laughs) answers that question. (laughs) Yep. To be clear, by the way, Mayor Uptal is played by Wilford Brimley. Oh, Oh, nice. (laughs) Oh. So much oatmeal. Yeah, that's right. And, and a bit of the diabetes. All right. Yeah. Uh, so, so we'll uh, compare maps. Yeah. Uh, compare map pieces. I also have a small bit of map. 
So the, you, you bring your map pieces together, and it takes you a bit to kind of jumble around, but eventually it pieces together, uh, clearly forming a trail that leads through the woods, uh, probably about a day and a half worth of travel okay. uh, before it reaches this big spot marked with an X. Uh, and the mayor puts his hands on his hips, and he's like, Ah, you've solved the first challenge. <laughs> <laughs> it's called uh, team building. Uh, yeah. <laughs> thanks. Uh, thanks, mayor. Fa- father, father, uh, uh, Mr. Lord Mayor, um, uh, there seems to perhaps be some kind of mistake on this map, for it appears we shall have to spend a night in the wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> I've never slept outside before. The mayor kind of ignores you. <laughs> he, just, he kind of looks at you and he's like, yes, well, it will be quite uh, quite dangerous. And, oh. and you hear the, the crowd kind of goes, oh, right, you know. Uh, the, the woods out there, they are not safe this time of year. And it is late fall. It's starting to get cold. Um, and, I mean, the town is in the middle of the Fangwood. It's not exactly the safest place to be. Um, you also notice that each one of you has some other random item in the bottom of your, your backpack. Hmm. Um, so, Eric, uh, in the bottom of your pack, you notice that you have a coil of hemp rope. Oh, okay. uh, uh, Joe, uh, in the bottom of your pack, uh, you find a box containing what you know to be a trio of tinder twigs. They allow you to start a fire really easily. Do you have any more of those fancy daggers? <laughs> no. <laughs> Doesn't look like it. Uh, Grant, in the bottom of your pack... Uh, and mind you, you guys picked up these packs just at random. Uh-huh. So, uh, uh, Grant, in the bottom of your pack, you find a crystal vial that uh, mm. uh, is clearly labeled healing. Oh, wow. <laughs> How helpful. I, I cast no a, mystery there. I I cast a forlorn glance be. at my rope. <laughs> uh, Matt, in the bottom of yours, you find a trio of torches. Oh, I am willing to trade if we, if anyone else is unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> unhappy, unhappy. Skid uh, down in the bottom of of your pack, uh, you find a grappling hook. Oh, oh. you should you should be buddies with we the should, uh, mayor's son. We should tie him up. <laughs> and this was I'd like that. And this was totally random, but incredibly appropriate. Troy, in the bottom of yours is a small bottle of brandy. Ah, <laughs> yeah, there we go. Cheers. Perfect. In case I get thirsty. Does everyone, <laughs> does everyone else's backpack say Jansport on theirs, or is that just mine at the moment? I got a North Face. Oh, nice. <laughs> mine says Fajal Raven. <laughs> <laughs> I never could read that. <laughs> the mayor once again speaks to the assembled townsfolk. I present to you the brave heroes who will follow in Cassin's footsteps to retrieve the Everflame. Some of them may not return. But I say to you that their sacrifice shall not be forgotten. Go, brave heroes, and do not return until you have the eternal fire. With that, the mayor points to the south, the direction of Cassin's tomb. The townsfolk begin waving goodbye with cold, solemn looks on their faces. Ooh. Goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, if any of you have parents Thank in you town, for the lantern. your parents are there, and you know, like your mom's got like a, a, a kerchief uh, that she's wiping away tears, and she can't bear to look at you. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. 
Yeah, but in this case, it isn't like separation anxiety. It's like off through the death forest to the death tomb. <laughs> I hope you come back alive. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like you're going to probably get murdered. Goodbye. <laughs> Would we know that like in the past people have done this and come back no problem, and they just kind of make a show of it, or or has there been real tragedy before? So it sounds to me like we have arrived. At our first skill check. What? Oh. A big surprise. Pathfinder 2nd Edition still has skills. No, no, no. 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 I, can't, I can't keep up. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Forget it. Let's go back to playing shoots and ladders. Uh, so, do you have society listed? I do not. Okay. I do. Keith uh, is do not too. a man of society. <clears throat> <laughs> so, uh, if any of you have society listed, you can make this check. And to be honest, this is an untrained knowledge check. So, any of you can make the check. If you do not have society listed, you will be making this check untrained. Remember, an untrained check for characters of your level is equal for society because it's an int skill. Your int modifier minus one. Okay. So go ahead and roll a d20. Uh, one. One. <laughs> you know very little about the town of Cass, and as a matter of fact, you're pretty sure that every year everyone gets murdered. Ah! <laughs> I'm new away. in town. I'm from the River Kingdoms. Yeah. <laughs> that is a 24. A 24 is, is, is a fantastic roll. Um, anybody beating a 24? No, I nope. got a no. 20. Oh, right. I got a 16. <laughs> so I rolled a 6. So to be honest, to be honest anybody, <laughs> anybody that cracks 10 knows this. And whether Civil or not you decide knows. to tell the people who obviously don't know. That would be that would be Troy. Um, <laughs> Keith is, 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 is yes, yes. If you tell Keith, uh, <laughs> that's up to you. Uh, but all of you know that in the past years, and many of you are of an age that you've seen this ritual happen two or three or four times. Um, every year, the kids go out. Every year, they come back a couple days later, usually with some crazy stories or something. But no one's ever not come back, and always with a flame. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's always been successful. See? We're fine. <laughs> and the second question, as a coward as Cypheris is, mm. what is to prevent us from lighting the torch with our tinted twigs just outside of town and coming back the next morning? Oh. Uh, it's good you asked. Those knowledge checks were high enough to make you realize that the, uh, the, the lantern comes back with this weird ghostly blue flame. Ooh. I was just going to say, I bet you it's a blue flame. And you're pretty sure that if you just lit it, it wouldn't look like that. Real right. blue I mean, you flame can try special. if you like. It's smart. Oh, well, okay. That's good writing. Who wrote this um, module, by name. the way? Some jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Named Jason Bullman. Oh, wait, that's me. Never heard of him. <laughs> Never heard of him. <laughs> All right. So, uh, the, the six of you, you, this newly banded Heroes of Cassin. Mm. Friends for life. That's right, yeah, clearly now. <laughs> Hands in the middle. That's <laughs> Speak did, for did yourself. You all, <laughs> did you all get your Dakota ring? Um, all right. <laughs> so, uh, the, the six of you uh, gather together and are able to, to head out of town, uh, heading south. As a matter of fact, you have to leave right now. The townsfolk have basically ushered you out. They part in a path that allows you to leave town to the south, and that's it. So, uh, five, ten minutes later, you guys find yourself outside the town of Cassin in the woodlands to the south. For many of you, this is still home, right? There's many homes in the, in the direct vicinity uh, around the town. But not even half an hour after that, you find that you're leaving the kind of woodland pastures and whatnot behind and are actually getting down into the deeper wood. Uh, and half an hour after that, you're alone. It is quiet. It's dark. Mm. Uh, and you find yourself making your way through the Fangwood. 
So, uh, since uh, this is your first time uh, out of Civilization, I'm going to ask you guys what you guys are doing. You're entering a part of the game that we call Exploration Mode. In Exploration Mode, I kind of ask you what uh, tactic you're doing. What, what thing is your character doing? Are you hiding? Are you keeping a lookout? Are you keeping your weapons ready? What is your character doing that will kind of influence how uh, you uh, approach any combats or anything should they happen? So I'm just going to kind of go around the table, and we'll start with with uh, with uh, Keith uh, Slash Keith, Master. Keith Slash Master <laughs> over here, uh, and and we'll go, we'll go around. Uh, Keith, uh, what are you doing as you guys uh, leave town? Yeah, so I feel like Keith, he, he maybe has gone a little bit out of town, but yeah, this is a little farther than he's he's used to. So I would say he has his sword out, but doesn't have his shield out. Just making sure. Uh, if he could like attack something, if it were to come out, he's the muscle of this group, but he's not too worried about defense at the moment. Sure. All right. So uh, you you have your sword out, you don't have your shield out, and you're just making your way through the woods. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Uh, Mamalo. Ma- Mamalo. Mamalo. Um, I'll get that right. Hey, I'm sort of just walking through the woods, like looking around, a bit nervously, fingering the uh, my my alchemist's fire vials in my belt pouch out of habit, sort of, to calm myself as I'm a little, uh, I'm a, li- a little frightened, I hate to admit. All right. Uh, Fariz. Uh, Fariz is probably walking along the edge of the path, uh, trying to, just in case he has to step into the woods to kind of disappear at the last second, uh, and uh, he's kind of tossing a dagger up and down, just kind of to idly. Nervously. Nervously. Yeah. Very Maybe not nervously. <laughs> maybe, maybe not to you. <laughs> it's it making me off. a bit nervous, to yeah. be honest. He's he's trying to stick to the shadows. We'll say. All right, so so kind of keeping out of sight. Severus, yep. uh, Severus is missing, bereft of the light of his own deity, Serenray, going to cast light upon the party and also use his survival skills to check for any tracks along the way. If that's all right, that's perfectly fine. So, a, uh, using one of your cantrips, because you're a cleric, mm-hmm. uh, you cast a light. The spell will last uh, a good long time, uh, so the party now is well illuminated. Mm-hmm. And uh, beyond that, you're just kind of keeping an eye out for tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first thing you know just immediately is that you're on a very old, worn game trail. Okay. Um, but you don't see any signs of anybody coming through here immediately, but we'll come back to that. Uh, Emmerich. Emmerich, uh, to see... Is, he in, is it intended that he would carry the unlit lantern, or would he backpack the, the lantern? Is it too large to fit in a backpack? Um, it's a good-sized lantern, but you could probably put it in a backpack. I mean, it's, you know. Okay. Um, he'll he'll put it in a bag in his backpack, and he's going to actually, uh, opposite of Keith, uh, he's going <laughs> to go with his shield out uh, and his sword uh, sheathed and just sort of keep the shield up just in case anything happens and he's going to keep his eyes peeled as he's walking along. Staying kind of on the balls of his toes. He's, he's an athletic type and so he's going to make sure he's able to dart in any direction should the, should the need arise if a wild animal comes tearing out of the brush. Of course. Of course. So, on edge. Ghrelin. Uh, Ghrelin the Green um, uh, originally uh, in the first five ten minutes uh, stands near the back of the group and casts like nervous looks back toward Cassin every two three minutes or so um, but as we get into the Fangwood and things get darker and spookier he, he rushes to be more near the middle of the pack and is looking around furtively but once um, once uh, Cipherus 
cast the light spell. It's as if an idea bursts in his mind, and he steps close within the radius of your light, and he pulls out this large book that looks like it's been thumbed through many, many times, and as if cramming for a test, you can hear him sort of muttering under his breath, like, acid splash, school, school of avocation, uh, 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 somatic and verbal, uh, bur- bur- burning hands, uh, avocation school, it's a fire spell, somatic let me Let me just say, I really appreciate how you're just reading off spoilers from the new game to yeah. fans at home. That's informative role-playing. You're welcome. I like that. So we get paid the big bucks. All right. Uh, so for those of you who have played this adventure in the past, uh, just, to, just to be clear on everybody, I'm going to be truncating things a little bit here and there, but mostly I'm going to run all the adventures, uh, all the encounters that are in here. We might skip a few here and there just to keep things moving along, but I figured I'd just throw that out as a heads up for those who have the adventure and are thumbing through and are like, wait a minute, they skipped that encounter. <laughs> um, however... The narrow path winds through the raking claws of trees, now bereft of their leaves, which crunch loudly underfoot. Up ahead, a fallen tree trunk blocks the path. Quite suddenly, a trio of snarling humanoids leaps up from behind the log, Uh all greenish-skinned and fearsome tusks, bellowing vulgar challenges. What? So. No. No! Orcs! (laughs) So if you guys could all arrange your miniatures uh, right down in this area here... Uh, we have a large forested map here with a path running up the middle, and uh, I'm asking everybody to put their minis uh, on the map in uh, kind of an area right in front of a giant log. I was sued. Uh, what is your name, Joe? Garrick? Emmerich. Emmerich Hunt. I would say Emmerich and Keith are probably up front. Oh, yeah. You know it. Followed by Faris. Em- Emmerich is seven foot one inches tall. Oh. What? No, not just kidding. <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal. George, George Mercer. It's like this oh, no. freakish giant. Oh, George oh, Mercer. Look at these minis. Whoa. Oh, that's Whoa. So awesome. cool. oh, man. Get a picture. <laughs> Ooh, the, the first combat. The minis wow. that the Glass Cannon podcasters are freaking out about are from Heroes and Monsters, the <laughs> Pathfinder battle set. Oh, they are orcs. One with a club, the orc brute, and two orc warriors. <laughs> <laughs> Eric really likes getting close up on these mics and doing the NPR read. He digs it. Woo! All right. In case you just started listening. <laughs> All right. With a savage howl, these creatures jump up from behind the bush. Any surprise they might have had uh, is totally wasted by them just snarling and, and hurling vulgar curses at you guys. So, uh, we are going to go ahead and uh, everyone's going to check for initiative. However, uh, because this is second edition Pathfinder, you'll notice that initiative is not a score that's listed on your sheets. I thought it was a misprint. No, you thought we just left it out. <laughs> it's the only explanation. <laughs> However, in this case, what you roll for initiative depends on what tactic you were taking before the fight. Oh. Now, in this case, most of you were just kind of marching along, uh, either with weapons ready or keeping an eye out. Uh, so for you, uh, you will be making perception checks. Uh, ah. How good you are at spotting things, such as orcs about to leap out from behind a log. However, two of you are not using perception. Uh, uh, let's see. Faris. Faris, you were uh, keeping to the shadows and kind of keeping hidden. Uh, we'll move you off to the side a little bit to to show that off. Um, you are uh, a little bit off in further in the bush and kind of in the shadows a little bit off the path. So for you, your initiative will actually be a stealth check. Oh, oh cool. Ah. Beautiful. Cool. And then uh, 
Grant? Syphilis. Syphilis. You were using survival. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you were kind of looking for tracks as you were making your way forward and trying to look for tracks that showed that there were perhaps orcs nearby and Mm -hmm. seeing if you might spot them. And if you did, you might go, oh, we're about to be ambushed. Uh, However, no such tracks uh, appear. So you you have no chance of seeing them. Normally, that might be a survival check. In this case, it's just going to be perception. Okay. So uh, why don't you guys all go ahead Uh, and uh, roll your initiative Jason, what do I roll since I was just studying my book and not really paying much (laughs) Uh, attention at all? You're going to roll a perception check at a penalty. Okay. Yeah. No, enjoy that. So if you don't have perception, it's just uh, your modifier minus one. Your wisdom modifier? In this case, it would be your wisdom modifier. So if I have a zero (laughs) wisdom modifier, it's just a straight up This is actually a, a thing that all characters have. It is directly beneath your ability scores. Oh, uh, right. oh perception. Team. Yep, every character has a perception. Yeah. It's no longer a skill. Oh, oh baby. nice. All right. Cool. Oh, it's no longer a skill. Wow. That's correct. Nice. Well, how, what's it based on? Well, your class tells you whether or not you are trained or an expert or untrained at perception. And as with all skills and checks in Pathfinder 2nd Edition, once you are trained in a skill, for example, you add your level plus, in this case, your wisdom modifier, and that's your perception. So as you go up in level, your perception automatically goes up. Some classes are experts at perception and instead use their level plus one. Plus their wisdom modifier. Mm. Ah, Okay, cool. Fighters probably are experts. You are actually an expert at perception. Plus two. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to go ahead and roll for the orcs as well here. And they were uh, hiding, so they're going to use stealth, uh, which is not great for them. Uh, it is a very poor score. Uh, I'm just going to run up the list here. Sivaris, what do you have? 13. 13. Move some things out of the way. There we are. Uh, Emmerich, what do you have? Three. Three. That was a natural one. <laughs> that is a that is <laughs> starting off strong. Yeah. Starting off strong. First roll of new Pathfinder. Congratulations, just uh, like your previous rolls in Pathfinder. <laughs> Some things never change. I know. Uh, Eric, you can say it. Look at I it. Can. It really is the same game. It's the same thing. <laughs> Look at that. Nothing's changed. See, guys, yeah. nothing to fear. Any of you who were worried. Grelin <laughs> the Green. The gr- uh, 17. A 17. Oh, That's yeah. a very fine oh, score. Wow. Uh, Keith. Keith's got a 12. A 12. Sivaris, what did you have again? Oh, Sivaris had a 13. 13, that's what I thought. Uh, uh, Mamalo. I had a 4. A 4. And Ferris? 18. Ooh. 18. Nice. What? What did you have? I got a 17. 17. Yeah, right. There we are. Okay. So, uh, with combat kicking off, uh, this pretty much goes just how you remembered it. We're going to go straight down initiative order. However, this is your first time ever taking uh, uh, a round in the combat mode, the encounter mode of uh, Pathfinder. So, uh, Faris, it is your turn. Uh, On your turn, you get to take any three actions you want. Uh, So, uh, you can go ahead and take those. What? Is any of this terrain difficult? Is that something I should be worried about? So the only thing you really have to worry about here is these large masses of bushes here uh, count as difficult terrain. Everything else is open terrain. There's a log across here that you can perhaps jump over or climb over, uh, depending on how you want to move around. Okay. So if I were to go straight ahead and jump up on the log and try to stab down, would that be? could I do that in one 30-foot move action or action that I'm spending to move? Uh, well, so you can uh, spend your move action to move up and move around the log, but moving up onto the log would be a leap action. So that would take two of your actions if okay. you wanted to be right in front of him like that. Okay, I will go around then. Okay. Uh, so you move uh, around into the forest. And I will spend my other two actions to strike. All right, so you spend your second action to strike. 
Go ahead and make me an attack roll with your rapier. Dagger. Dagger. Oh, All right, very good. That's what I had out. That is what you had out. All right. Okay. Uh, 16 to hit. 16. Uh, your dagger f- swings through the air, but the orc lunges back, and the dagger just misses it by an inch. Oh, oh no. Wow. Okay. It, it howls at you as it like shifts its, uh, the weight of its giant great axe that it has in its hand from one <gasps> hand to the other. Great axe. Oh, oh, dear. This is terrible. Yeah. Oh, dear. Uh, so, uh, ever agile, Faris will make another attack with the dagger. Ooh. And uh, miss. No. <laughs> All right. So, uh, for those of you uh, uh, listening at home, uh, you just made your second attack in one round with a weapon. Uh, all characters can do that now. You can spend your actions in any way that you want to take as many attacks as you have action. Each additional attack comes with a penalty, though. Yeah. So, in this case, that one had a smaller chance to hit, and in this case, didn't land at all. It's true. It did, however, because it is an agile weapon, instead of a minus five. You only took a minus four. A minus four. That's right. But I rolled poorly. Yeah, well, a, a bad roll isn't going to help you either way. So wait a minute, Jason. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. In Pathfinder 2nd Edition, there are no, like, move actions and standard actions and full attack actions and full round actions and swift actions and immediate actions. actions and immediate actions. It's just you get three actions and every different thing has its own price, basically. In, in most cases, you're absolutely right. In most cases, everything is just one action. There are a number of things that are typically two actions, such as casting spells. Ah. But attacking, moving, drawing a weapon, those are all just one-action activities, and you get to take three of them. What? That's right. (laughs) What? Now, in addition to that, all characters also get a reaction that they can take between the start of their turn and the start of their next turn. A reaction is generally something that your character says that you can do. Okay. Uh, So in your case, uh, in Farisa's case, you have a reaction that may come into play pretty soon, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Grelin, the green. It uh, is up to you. You have three actions. What will you do with them? When I see these orcs emerge from the underbrush, uh, I, I, I kind of start to almost like shake and panic, but I really quickly put the first of my three actions into stowing my very expensive oversized book in my, in my bag. <laughs> uh, but as I'm drawing my hands up over my shoulders... I begin to move them and point them in strange gestures, and that will make me use a uh, somatic component of a spell. And I also say a short phrase of magical gibberish. All right. And uh, so I've used one action to stow the book, yes. one action for the somatic component, Great. one action for the verbal component. You are good and to And I go. cast Acid Splash. Yeah. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. I love it. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> All right. And I'm assuming because you're a line of sights... Uh, yeah, we'll take the one in the middle. The one fine. in the middle. Yeah. Very yeah. good. You have clean line of sight to that one. Excellent. Now, do I, do I need to make a That's spell good. roll or anything at this point? Uh, uh, no, but you do need to make an attack roll. Okay. I believe. Acid Splash requires an Acid attack Acid Splash roll. says uh, 30 feet is the range and area one foot. Each creature in the square must succeed at a reflex save. Oh. I don't think I need to make an attack No, no, roll. no. It doesn't require an attack roll anymore. It now wow. just... Yeah, see, it's look, no I longer learned, a I learned attack. something every day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it now just hits an area and splashes acid damage on everyone adjacent to that area. Ooh. So in this case, these guys aren't clustered close enough for that to, to have a broad effect. Yeah, I'll just target the one. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to hit that one there, and he needs to make a... DC 15 uh, reflex save. I will go ahead and roll that. I believe he's going to fail. Oh, oh, delightful. <laughs> well, that was a exactly fair. according to plan. All right, so uh, the, the orb of acid slams down into the ground right next to the arc and blasts up against 
the log, causing it to sizzle and burn, and the orc vanishes. I am a what? wizard of great oh. renown. <laughs> what? Vanishes? The acid must have just melted it. Oh my god. Wow. Wow. Wait. Is there a puddle? You can't tell. That was behind the log. Mm-hmm. It's on the other okay. side of the log. Yeah, one down, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Sivorous. <laughs> Sivorous begins the round uh, immediately embarrassed for peeing himself a little bit after seeing how easily these creatures are dispatched. Uh, but uh, Will uh, was originally going to cast a, a, a buffing spell like Bless, but seeing how easily they're going down, Sivorous is going to uh, ready uh, his sling... And he's going to spend the next two actions uh, bolting each of the uh, uh, green creatures across from me with slings. So All right. First attack action. Ooh, that's probably not a hit. That is a eight to hit. An eight. The sling bullet goes winging through the air but misses wide, slamming into a tree trunk and bouncing around in the forest behind it. Okay, final attack. Ooh, definitely a miss with the two on the dice. No, oh, that one goes... You, you kind of load up the sling and spin it, and the rock goes backwards. Uh, <laughs> I hit the goblet in the head. Yeah, no, everyone else just kind of is like, what is... All right. Goblin's like, I'm a playable class now. <laughs> no, yes, stop. <laughs> don't, please don't no. confuse. This is no longer first edition. <laughs> I'm on your side. Uh, Keith. All right, Keith. Keith. Keith Slashmaster, uh, question for you. In 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 this new edition, uh, diagonal move. Can you move diagonally and still cost you double every time? Every other one costs you double. Okay, yeah, does. Yeah. all right. So Keith, in order to get uh, within range of the uh, orc on that no one has touched yet on the right to their stage right, we'll say is going to have to use two move actions to get up in his business, and he will do so um, unless uh, charge. Uh, like he has this ability called sudden charge, which oh, allows, he does. allows him uh, with a quick sprint, you dash up to your foe and swing stride up to double your speed. But does it work like the original charge? You have to be in a straight line. No. <laughs> oh. Well, it still costs me two actions, but it's a lot cooler. So old old Slashmaster is gonna gonna do a little sudden charge and then gonna swing with his long sword at this son of a gun. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Missed. Well, we know one thing hasn't changed in Pathfinder. <laughs> Bad dice rolls will still make you not hit. Uh, and um, I'm right up in his business now. That's really something however, you should have considered changing. <laughs> however, <laughs> that, was, that was only two of your actions. You still have a third. Oh, wait, the, the swing is, is a, is a part free of sudden part? charge. Yeah. Oh, now I understand why it was two actions. Okay, well now I'm up in his thing. What if I want to grab him? How does how does that work? Is CMB and CMD a thing? You can yeah. totally uh, attempt to grab him, but CMD and CMB are no longer part of the game. What? Well, how do I do it, Jason? Well, then what you're going to do is make an athletic skill check to attempt to grab me. Oh, I'm not good at that. <laughs> <laughs> but we're here to learn, so yeah, I just want to grab this guy. Great. Uh, does it provoke? No, but this does count as an attack, so this will be your second attack of the round. Oh, okay. I was thinking, like, maybe I would... I would get a bonus. I wouldn't take the minus five for doing this. So in this case, I'll just swing my You'll just swing. All right. But it's good to know how grappling works. That is good to know. All right. Here we go. Add a minus five. Get out of town. That is just hot garbage. (laughs) 
now. The good news, Troy, is very shortly we're going to get to learn how great axes work. <laughs> yeah, we're going to learn the hard way. That Funny is you should mention it. An exciting prospect. It is now my turn. Uh, yes. Uh, why not use your last action to raise a shield, Troy? <laughs> why not do that? That would have been great. Oh. I got bad news for you. You don't even have your shield drawn. No, no, I do not. Yeah. All right. So the orcs are now going to go. There's only two of them remaining, and I'm going to go ahead and start with the one that's facing down Keith. Okay. Uh, He is going to howl in his his guttural orc tongue, and he's going to bring his great axe down upon you. By the way, do any of you speak orc? Uh, I do. My character or the player? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> ah, I can read it, I can't speak Mamelo, you notice something immediately odd It sure does sound like he screams something in Orc But that was just gibberish Hmm, mm. curious mm. Yeah oh. Yeah, it'd be like, yeah, I mean It's like someone trying to speak Spanish But just screaming words off the Taco Bell menu It's right. like, that's not really Spanish What are you doing? Chalupa Yeah, no, he's, yeah, he, just, he just made It's like someone made Orc noises but it clearly was not someone speaking Orcish. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Orc in sheep's clothing. Interesting. So, uh, the orc is now going to uh, swing. It'll be a sheep in at, orc's clothing. Shut at Keith. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <gasps> Ooh, Ooh, nasty. Armor class 24. Uh, it's nope, total miss. <laughs> ah, yeah, that's a hit. <laughs> what is your armor class, by the way? Uh, 17 without my shield. Without Very good. 19, so. All right. Matter. So the Great Orc slams into you. Okay. Dealing five? Ooh. With a Great Axe? Yeah. That seems fishy. Yeah. Okay, cool. okay. Interesting. Curious uh, and curious. That seems weird. Yeah. Because our hmm. characters didn't see Jason just roll a D4. <laughs> <laughs> he never asks for a second cup when he's at home. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's the way you phrase that. All right. So uh, the, the, the uh, orc uh, like pulls back to swing at you again. I have a weird theory. That's only going to be an eight. That, that's going to do it. That yeah. will miss. Yeah, all right. So on the other side of the battlefield, uh, uh, facing off against uh, Faris, uh, we have that other orc. This one does the exact same thing as the other one. As a matter of fact, it does the exact same thing. It screams mm. the same kind of guttural nonsense. Mm. Oh, it's yeah. a holographic projector. And yeah. then oh, yeah. swings the great axe at you. This is only going to score an 11, though. I'm wondering that's not going to hit you, Faris. Uh, no. No. <laughs> and then it's going to roll, roll back and swing again. This time, scoring an armor class of 21. Oh, no. That hits. <laughs> oh, get him! Ouch. Take five points of damage. What? Weird. As the Great Axe grazes you, leaving you with... This terrible wound that looks like it's just gushing blood. Ow. Mamelo. <laughs> so, Mamelo, can I make a. I saw this happen, right? Yes. Uh, can I do an arcana check to see if uh, there's something fishy magically going on? So, what you're attempting to do is what's called uh, recall knowledge or a seek, depending on how you want to do it. Okay. So, uh, in this case, why don't we go ahead and call it a seek action because you're trying to look at these guys and use your magical knowledge to be like, what's going on here? Right. Okay. So, go ahead and give me an arcana check. Okay. Plus five skill. Ooh, that is a 24. Ooh, wow. 24 is a great, great check. You look at these and you're like, I, 
there's something not right about them. As a matter of fact, as you're looking at them, all of a sudden, for you, and for you alone, they both flicker oh. in and out of existence as if they're not even actually here. What? That was your first action. Okay, so that's my first. <laughs> so that is an action. Yes, you now have two more. Okay. Um, so Momolo is going to run towards the log and clamber up it. Um, would that be two actions? Uh, so it'll be one to move up to it and, and then a, a second one to climb up onto okay. it. Yeah. And while he's running, he says, like, there's something very suspicious going on here. I, I think that they aren't actually here and they may be some kind of illusory projections of some sort. So so clear your minds. Don't believe them. We only have one shot at this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, with your third action, you kind of call that out to, to everyone, or would oh, you like to do well, something else? Uh, okay. Oh, oh sorry. That, is free, that an is it? No, that's right. You seeked, moved, and leaped. So right. you're done. Great. Okay. And the talking was free. Yes. Okay. Fantastic. Awesome. All right. So, Emmerich, it's up to you. <laughs> Emmerich. With his natural one. It's like, uh, orcs? What orcs? Sees nothing yet, and uh, they're behind logs. So he's going to run up and try to jump on top of uh, one of the logs. Okay. Uh, to get a better look. Um, and so that's... Does that require a, a check to get on top of the log? Not, just an the action? log is low enough that it's just a leap action to jump up on top a of it. A leap action. So that's yeah. 10 feet for a normal... For if you have under 30 feet of movement, if a leap is That's a That's feet. a vertical leap. I actually didn't include the horizontal leaps on there, but this log is low enough for you to horizontal okay, leap all right, on top okay. of it. So hearing what Ma- Mamalu? Mamalu? Mamalu. Mamalu. <laughs> hearing what Mamalu said... Uh, uh, he immediately looks at the one that is fighting Keith, and he's suspicious that it might not be real. Okay. Is there a seek check that, or a, yeah, a seek check that he could do? Is it? Is there a perception or something? Uh, like yeah, that? give me a perception check. Okay. Uh, Fifteen. Uh, you look at them and you're like, I don't know what he's talking about. These things look perfectly real to you. That and, looks like and a terrifying an, foe. And that's an action. Yep. Okay, so he's done. I'm afraid so. He's like, you're wrong, goblin. They're real as shit. (laughs) They're real, and now it's up here next to me. This was a terrible idea. Yep. Um, They're real, and they're spectacular. (laughs) (laughs) Ferris, you are next to this orc that is swinging at you viciously with its great axe, kind of making this big circular eight pattern as it slices back and forth at you. Uh, Can I also do a perception check to see what is up, to see if the goblin is correct? You can. It is an action to do so. I I will take that action. Uh, and seven. You are pretty <laughs> sure these things are real. All right, I will take a. I will stab with my dagger. Very good. And miss. And I will. I will take a step with my third action. A step back. Back. Yeah. Very good. All right. So you step back, kind of off into the brush, getting away from the orc. Yeah. Is that a guarded step? Is that is that what it's called? So when you take a step action, that's a move action that doesn't provoke any reactions. Right. So, so it takes the place of the old five-foot step. Correct. Okay. But it's not yeah. free. But it's not free. It is. Yeah, no, it's not free. But you do have three actions each round. So if you okay. want one to be that, you can spend it on that. Okay, right? cool. All right, so you uh, roll to attack, and this thing just nimbly dodges aside. These things almost seem too fast for orcs. Orcs are big, slow, lumbering creatures. Everyone knows that. <laughs> uh, but yeah. these seem to be moving with the sort of grace that you wouldn't expect them to. Hmm. Ghrelin. The... Uh 
The camera picks up Ghrelin at a medium shot and then immediately zooms in <laughs> anime style to frame his face. <laughs> at the top is a shock of red hair and at the bottom is his quivering lips. His brow knits in frustration and he uses his first action to reach back into his pack and whip out his book again. He uses his second action to flip to the eye section and looks into the illusion description and he uses his third action to kind of cross-reference and really see if maybe these are fake creatures. <laughs> because you spent <laughs> three actions doing that, I'm going to give you a plus two bonus. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. So the question is, because I'm consulting my book, actually, what I was hoping to do, and I don't know if we, I can do this, but would it be possible to use the Arcana skill Absolutely. instead yeah. of my perception? Absolutely. Okay, cool. So I will roll. Uh, I got a 15. Uh, 15 with the... With is a that, bonus. With, is the that you, with the bonus or not? No, bonus? not with right. the bonus. So I'm going to give you a bonus of two, which makes that a 17. And yeah, they kind of flicker in and out of existence for you. Nice. Nice. And which done. one of you guys said that the first time? Was that Mamalo? That was Mamalo. I say, Mamalo. the goblin is right. These are <laughs> illusions, you guys. Sivorous. Sivorous <laughs> uh, is just terrified and, and is not taking in all this information and he's hearing conflicting things from one side of the log, conflicting <laughs> things from the other, so he's going to drop his sling, draw his sword and go directly towards the nearest orc. That's my miniature! Oops. <laughs> I think I can get, uh, I'm not going to get right in harm's way because I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, ooh, one more, to, can I do a uh, quick seek to see if I disbelieve now that I'm yes. close? Oof. Probably not. I rolled a six on the nah, die. Yeah, they look real to you. Yeah. All right. That was Sivirus. Uh We are back to Keith. All right. Keith has heard a lot of stuff being <laughs> spouted just... out around this log. Yeah. Keith wants to look at his chest where he was hit by a great axe and see if he's, like, actually bleeding. So, like, a perception check to see if he was actually wounded. Go ahead. Uh, 14. 14. You look wounded. You have blood pouring out of you and a big gash. Two attacks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's the only answer. Keith is not particularly wise. That is not his skill set. Uh, all right. So first attack, total miss. Awesome. Second attack and a minus five. Uh, an- Come on. Wow. Another miss. Do you have better dice? Because that one is. Oh, that uh, is. This is my neon green. It doesn't get any famous, better than this. The famous neon green. That is the best die on earth. I think someone touched it on the I way think- in. I think I might have errated that out of the game. I don't know. Let me yeah. check. Let's see. This is wonderful. That news. says right here, neon green dice. Now roll poorly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You're welcome, that was in guys. The special thanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, brutal. All right. So, uh, yeah. All right. You uh, you swing left and swing right, and this this orc just dances out of the way. Uh, uh, next up, the orcs. Returns the favor? The quote-unquote orcs. Uh, well, I mean, if you're going to go and put quotes around it, sure. <laughs> Just because they're blinking in and out of existence and disappearing the moment you hit them, sure. <laughs> All right. So in this case, the orc howls, screaming more guttural nonsense, to be honest. Uh, but it sounds like orc to you, and you're bleeding like it cut you. Sure. I don't speak orc. I speak dwarven in common. <laughs> <laughs> this is neither of those. It's all orc to me. Yeah. Here comes the axe. Armor class 22. Oh, Damn it. man. <laughs> Didn't even raise his shield this time. I know. I forgot. <laughs> take uh, take 
uh, a grand total of four points of damage. Oh, no. Yeah, uh, many of you at home are probably wondering why uh, people keep harping at him about not raising his shield. You can have your shield out, but you don't get any bonus from it unless you spend an action to actively defend with it. But if you do that, you also gain a special reaction, uh, which, we, which we haven't seen yet, but uh, you have a reaction as well. Don't oh. forget it, Faris. Faris. All right, so the orc's going to take a second swing at Keith. Here it comes. Oh, no, no, no. Ah, no, it's only a 12. That's All right. All right. All right. Keith. All right. <laughs> Keith lives. <laughs> Keith, Keith. All right, so the second orc is going to go. Uh, it is going to step up to Faris, so it spends one action to step up to you, and then it's going to swing its mighty great axe at you. And Faris is going to use his reaction. Now. Oh. oh. Awesome. What is that? Uh, so Faris has... <laughs> Matthew, stop making up rules. <laughs> I'm not. Lay off me. I'm learning a new game. I just learned the other one. Um, <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Uh, so Faris has Nimble Dodge, which allows him, uh, if he's targeted with a melee attack by an attacker that he sees, he can add a plus two circumstance bonus to his AC. Oh, oh all right. Nice. So cool. your AC goes up by two against this attack. Yes. All right. The orc swings his vicious, vicious great axe at you. You, but it's only going to come up with a 12, which is nice. well short of your AC. Nice. All right, so you you like do a little bit of an acrobatic dodge, uh, bouncing back and forth in the York, doesn't come anywhere near So he can you. only, that, that's only once. That's his that's his reaction for that turn. Anyone else who attacks him that turn, doesn't he doesn't get Correct. the Correct. Okay, cool. Yeah. Until it comes he, back around to me. Until and, it, and then you would be able to use the reaction again. again. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that's how that works. So uh, all characters get those, but not everyone has something to do with them. Right. Uh, like fighter has attack of opportunity that allows you to do that when people step away from you. I have right. three different reactions. Yeah, you actually have a couple. Have, yeah, uh, fighters. That's kind of one of their shticks is being able to use reactions to do cool things. Very cool. cool. My uh, paladin has a reaction that I have never seen before. So that's pretty exciting. We'll see if that comes. All up. right. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll have to see what uh, what comes into play. All right. But before we can do that, Mamalo. It's your turn. Uh, Mamalo, he's uh, standing on atop the log. He says, "No, seriously, honestly, I promise they're not real. Please stop believing that they're real." And uh, he, using his quick bomber feet, yes, he's going to reach into his belt pouch pouch and pull out two uh, alchemists' fire bombs. Oh boy. Um, okay, so that's one action, right? Yep. Okay. For one action, you reach into your pouch and pull them both out. Yeah. Uh, and he's going to throw one at the orc, in quotes, that is attacking <laughs> his new best friend, Therese. All right. Okay. So uh, you wing the alchemist bomb at the orc. Alchemists fire to the rescue. Uh, and that is a miss. Oh. That is an eight. An eight. All right. The vial goes winging off into the forest and starts a small fire <laughs> that I'm sure won't endanger the town right. very soon. Just as good. <laughs> yeah, that, is, no, that is an equally positive development as far as Mamalo is concerned. All right, so that was uh, your second action. Yes, and uh, he's going to think better of throwing the other one. (laughs) 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 He's just going to give up forever. (laughs) He's going to surrender. With his his surrenders, with his uh, quick surrender feet, he's going to pull out a white flag from his other (laughs) No, I'm just going to I'm just going to stop. All right, so you just uh, you just hold off. All right, uh, Emmerich. Uh, Emmerich is on the log next to uh, Keith and also adjacent to this uh, very, very real orc that's fighting Keith. And he's like, this goblin is a damn fool. And he is going to attack this. Well, first he's got to draw his sword. 
Oh, yeah. So he's going to draw his long yeah. sword uh, as an action. Now, does he, uh, by any chance, get a plus one bonus for being on the log? He's slightly above this guy. Uh, yeah, I'll give you a circumstance bonus for that. Okay, yeah. so he will take a swing down at this creature. Uh, 20 to hit. 20 to hit? Your, uh, your blade slams into the orc, cleaving through its shoulder as if it wasn't even... There. What? Oh. Damn it, the goblin was right all along. <laughs> the orc I told you. vanishes. <laughs> wow. As your blade passes wow. He turns to the goblin, he's like, Goblin, these these orcs, they weren't real. They weren't I, real at all. I, I so Oh, I just want to stab my feet. In fact, that's how I'm going to use my third action. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a reaction. Put in frustration. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a reaction. Fair. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Faris. Uh, Faris. Uh, having seen what, he, what the others did, he's going to stab at the... Uh, the quote-unquote orc in front of him. Very good. Oh, man. Uh, what is wrong with us? Oh, God. Changing <laughs> dice. And second action, attack again. All right. And oh. miss once oh. more. Um, <laughs> you can always swing for the fences and throw that third attack. Yeah, it sounds really high. Go for that natural 20, man. We're going to go for the natural 20. Come on. <laughs> oh. And, uh, I rolled three nines. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> well... Sorry. So, uh, your rapier dances <laughs> in and around, and it's almost as if you're trying to like poke all the air spaces around the orc. You do a really good job of that. I, so I, they, I'm yeah. used to performing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is how you stage fight. Uh, Grelin. Grelin, there's just one orc remaining. Uh, can I get a quick um, summary of who in the party has basically, aw- who is aware that these are fake and who, who still is seemingly... Raise your hand if you know they're fake. Yeah. I know they're fake. Raise your hand, it'll be good for radio. Okay, I was so yeah. Skid, <laughs> I know, Skid radio. knows that it, they're fake. Mamalo knows they're fake. Yeah. But you're oh, not, well, no, I, 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 I do know now, right? Because I swung at okay. it and it disappeared. Yes, however, but, this one still looks very real to you. But Syphorus okay. doesn't So it doesn't yet, change. Right? No. Does Syphorus No, Syphorus does not no. know. Okay, so I am going to um, take a... Well, the first thing I'm going to do, I guess, is I'm going to... Um, I've got the book open to the illusion chapter from yeah. last round. So I'm just going to do a little bit of light reading. <laughs> with my first action. <laughs> a little skimming, bit of research. Frankly. Yeah. And what I'm trying to determine is I already know these creatures are illusory. Uh, is it likely that there's some bastard illusionist hiding behind a tree or is uh, it that they could have cast a spell three days ago and it's triggered? Good question. You are good recalling question. some serious arcane knowledge. All Go right. ahead and make me an arcana check. I did pretty well there. I got a, uh, a uh, 17. Okay. Undoubtedly, you are positive someone must have created these illusions and that someone is probably pretty close by. Oh! Nice. (laughs) (laughs) So, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, before I share that information, I'm gonna use my second action to step up to Cyphorus. And then moving my eyes slightly down the page uh, for the third uh, action, I'm going to read out loud. When confronted by a uh, illusion, a wise wizard can concentrate. Blah, 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 and I'm basically trying to aid Cyphorus in an attempt to use my arcane <laughs> training to uh, All right. pierce the veil of illusion. All right. But so- I'm also a bastard, so I'm going to sneak in a free action. And say to everybody, these are illusions! The illusions must be nearby! (laughs) (laughs) Search the tree line, you guys! (laughs) Severus, it's actually your turn. Uh, And Grelin is behind you yammering on about, like, reading, like, a textbook definition of illusion magic. Right, right. Which is 
really not very helpful, but... <laughs> Specifically, how to pierce an illusion is what I was However, trying to... However, the thing that you find is that the droning, kind of, oh. you know, like a magic eye, you just needed to unfocus. And I see yeah, the yeah. image, finally? <laughs> maybe, I, maybe, Let's if you want see. to spend an action. I yeah. will. Oh, natural three on the die. <laughs> Not good. Uh, just just to uh, clarify for rules, by the way, though, yeah. when I'm setting us up for an aid, this yeah. technically counts as my as reaction. As your reaction, yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. Um, so after spending that action, still totally unknown about these uh, these illusions, whether they're real or not, uh, Sifris is going to leap onto the log. What? No! <laughs> and he is going to use his final action to swing at the orc confronting Faris. Bring your scimitar down in a wide arc. Ooh, that might hit at a 13 AC. Uh, no. <laughs> it also you might, might hit not. the log. <laughs> Let me, uh, does anyone need firewood for later? <laughs> you have chipped the log mightily. <laughs> it shall bear this mark of your passage from now until the end of time. Keith! So Troy, the player, wants to go look it in the woods. But stupid Keith... Just thinks that like everyone is uh, under attack by this remaining orc and feels pretty confident that he can just rush over there with his sudden charge and uh, lay out the killing blow. Uh, so that is going to be his first two actions. Yeah, come on, Keith. So uh, sudden charge is an ability that allows you to spend two actions to move twice your speed and make an attack. So, so it's great. like, and is there flanking? He, he's now flanking with our Flanking, rope. you say? Oh, yes, flanking. there is. What? what? Oh. So I get a plus two on top Correct. of that? Correct. Yeah, All you right. are flanking, yeah. Well, uh, I don't know what happened in this moment, but Keith felt inspired and uh, I'm assuming landed the blow with a 23. 23? Your, your, your longsword goes slicing right through this thing with such force that you totally swing right through it and embed your longsword in the stump of the tree. Oh. And the orc... Cypherus jumps. Vanishes. <laughs> Vanishes. Nice. Wow. All right. Switched up my D20. What is going on here? Are we still in encounter mode? <laughs> Wait a minute! You can't say stuff like that. You hear character. the voice of God from the trees. So yeah. that, that, that wasn't priest. That was that was just Matthew That's practicing just Matthew practicing the his accent. Yeah, no, accent. Method. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, with the last orc fading away out of view, you hear a bit of rustling uh, from the trees over here. Uh, but it, it just happens for just a moment. You all catch it. It's it's really obvious. The trees kind of rustle because it's really dead. Like there's no wind or anything. Uh, uh, there's a low breeze, but that's it. But these trees kind of rustle and, and toss around a bit, and then it goes totally silent. Huh? Uh-huh. Somebody took off. Kill it. Get him. Uh, <laughs> was the mayor? I would like to run to that spot. If are we out of combat? Sure. I'd like to run to that spot, and because I'm the apprentice of one of the town's wizards. I want to sniff and see if I can smell his distinctive B.O. or perfume or whatever. That's really interesting. Can you go ahead and give me a perception check? All right. Hmm. Now, my perception is uh, uh, starts at a plus two. Um, I I, I, I got a total of a five. Okay. So um, you go running over into the area and you smell something. There is something in the air, but you're not quite sure what it is. Um, it almost smells Patchouli. like... It's a hippie! Kill it! <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, it actually does kind of smell like pipe smoke. Oh. Does, does any of the wizards in town smoke 
pipes? Maybe. <laughs> All of the I have to clean the their pipes. I would imagine I would know. In this case, uh, yeah, there is a wizard in town by the name of Holgast who perpetually Holgast. smokes a pipe. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, mm. you can't be sure right. because you didn't make your check very well. You yeah, just catch sure a, didn't. a whiff of it. But uh, he does smoke a pipe pretty habitually. Okay. And what it is, smells vaguely of pipe smoke over here. What is this? Some sort of like. This is the part of the ritual? Yeah, he's no testing us. They give me a I fake fight. Oh, man. So, I should also note, once the fight ends, those of you who have taken wounds, you look down and instead of these huge, horrible gashes, you just have kind of bruises in those spots. Oh. Uh, reduce all the damage you took by half. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Half of it That's just awesome. disappears think, and fades away. I think wow. this is going to be really easy, you guys. <laughs> it's all a ruse. They're yeah. just trying to make men and women out of us. Just remember, the next time we get into a combat... It's an illusion. You see, it means you test <laughs> yeah. us. Exactly. That's right. I think that's no matter why. what we see, <laughs> don't react. It's an illusion. Every, don't even. See. Everybody, just throw your weapons away. Very You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> if they mean to test us, we barely passed. Yes. Uh, what do you mean? We're all still up. So I, I think now, just to be safe, I think that, that clearly there's someone or something in that bush. I think that the safe, pragmatic move is to burn all the flesh off their bones so that they don't live anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I calmly step out of the bush. (laughs) That's a good call. (laughs) Step away from the bush. His logic is flawless. (laughs) I think whoever was here has has vanished or something because I don't see anybody here anymore. Yeah, in fact, you take a look around and, and there's like one spot over here where like a bunch of the underbrush has been kind of trampled, and uh, there's even, like, a, a bit of a tree stump here that, like, looks like it's been brushed off. Well, what I think is the wizard Holgath from town was casting an illusion. It smells like his pipe weed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am getting that distinct odor as well. Yeah, walking over in the area, it, it looks like someone's been hanging out in this area for a while. <laughs> It's a bag of Fritos. Yeah, kind of. Actually, you know, funny enough, you look down and there's like the stale crust of a bit of bread in, of, like tucked underneath one tree root. And oh, wow. uh, uh, there is, uh, after a bit of a delicate search around the area, you find a spot of a uh, tree, uh, uh, like the stump, where it's clear that someone has been tapping out their pipe. Because uh, you can see the pile of ash beneath it. Uh, I just instinctively clean it up. <laughs> <laughs> you just go and instinctively clean up the forest. Yeah, all right. No, just the ash. It oh, appears sorry. this is all some part of a ruse. It does seem so. <laughs> Nailed it, Keith. Yeah, no. L- Keith, Keith is right. I think that we've been bruised. Um, and I will say, <laughs> I will, I will say that um, I think that. Though we've all basically just met in in a in a in a in a in a profound sense, and so I think that there may be some trust issues at work. And I do have an exercise that I would like to propose, especially for you, Emmerich, because I did tell you that they weren't real, and you didn't listen to me. I did too. So and yes, and and and. Uh, and well, uh, one of the orcs wasn't did. real, but I think the other one might have been. Well, this is the problem. So <laughs> what I like to propose, and I learned this at a management retreat in about four years ago. <laughs> so what I like to do is, like, I'll stand behind you, and you just fall backwards. <laughs> 
Don't look, and then I promise I will catch you, and then this will establish a, a, a more, a better le- level of trust between us. Are you willing to try it? It seems preposterous, but I'll give it a try. Okay. Sheathes his sword, sets his shield down, closes his eyes, puts his arms up near his shoulders, and falls backwards. And crushes him. (laughs) 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 Please, get off. Well, I hope you're enjoying what you've heard so far. We're just getting warmed up. There is a lot more to hear in this adventure. So stay tuned right here to GlassCannonPodcast.com to hear the rest of Jason Bullman running Eric Mona and the Glass Cannon 5 through the Pathfinder playtest. And hey, if you like what you hear, be sure to check out our main show, the Glass Cannon Podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes or your podcast app of choice to join in on the fun. We have a really amazing community of listeners that will welcome you with open arms. In the meantime, we will see you in part two. 